Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Friday, July 21st, 5.30 a.m. Central Time. We've got a little bit of back and fill in the grain markets here this morning. Everything's a little bit lower. Brian Split, good morning. Mackenzie, good morning. Uh, why don't we start off with the drought monitor, guys? We had a new one out yesterday. So significant rainfall across Michigan, Ohio, and Indiana led to improved drought conditions this week. Southern Missouri saw conditions improve. However, drought conditions continue to plague the remainder of the state. Drought conditions for the most part remain the same throughout Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas over the last seven days. Conditions are expected to worsen in the coming week with little to no rainfall and temperatures above normal. So when we look at the percentage of U.S. areas experiencing drought, 55% of corn country, uh, soybeans, 50%, winter wheat, 50%, spring wheat, 31%, and cattle country, 37%. Those numbers have come down for corn and soybeans in particular. Um, now, I would make the argument, we've done the 2012 comparison again. We'll do it again today. 2012 looks substantially worse than 2023 does today. I mean, 2012, it was much more widespread and much more intense now in like the central part of the Corn Belt. Brian, I'll ask you this question again. You look at the drought monitor. Does this equal record corn yield to you? No, probably not. Um, but um, I guess, you know, the other question I would ask you, Joe, is have we priced in the current forecast? Um, we're going to get to that. Why don't we jump to that right now? Okay, so the U.S. Corn Belt will stay dry for another week. Temperatures in the 90s arrive in the in the West early next week and will hit the Central Corn Belt on Tuesday or on Tuesday or Wednesday. Temperatures in excess of 100 100 degrees are possible across the region by Friday next week. The 10-day Euro and GFS models suggest that rain returns to the Corn Belt during the last couple days of July. The extended GFS suggests better chances again during the few, first few days of August. Okay, so I'm going to title the episode of this podcast like 105 degrees in Iowa. Is that a record corn yield or something? Uh, the GFS actually says it could be as hot as 108 degrees in southern Iowa um, toward the end of next week. So I'm not making that up. That's probably uh, overdoing it just a little bit. So the, the forecast, Brian, to answer your question, uh, the short-term forecast is bullish because you have no rain for seven days and you've got heat next week. The extended forecast, when you look out, say, the last maybe two days of July into the first couple days of August, introduces some more rain. And I guess the question is, like, can the crop, corn crop in particular, can it tolerate um, this week to 10 days in, in a key period for crop development uh, of hot and dry? And and can we still achieve a record corn yield? It seems, it seems like a stretch to me. I don't know. Yeah, but I think the trade has been trading something below the 177 and a half that uh, I would agree at anyway. So um, the expectation would be that yield will probably come down further. Uh, does it just come down further to where the trade already was, which I think a lot of the market was thinking prior to the July WASD, like 172 to 175. Um, and, and maybe that's where we are. I think 175 is the number that people are working with. Maybe it's slightly lower. And we did that. We talked about this in a premium video earlier this week. Um, I, I guess one of my questions is this: What if the trade's like totally wrong? What if what if the the expectation, which is maybe it's 175, maybe it's 173. I don't know. 
what if what if the real number is 165? I mean, is that I think that's a possibility. I think something south of that is a possibility. I mean, we're running big time moisture deficits. We've got a nasty forecast for the next seven to 10 days. I don't know. Am I crazy to, to even mention that? No, but uh, to counter that, um, you know, after 2012, a tremendous amount of money was spent on um, genetics to yes. tolerate drought. And so, um, you know, it's this is a good be test another year. learning experience. Yeah, where we yeah. really see how how well these genetics perform. If you guys are watching on YouTube, let me know. It, it's not too early now. It's July 21st. We should have a feel for the national corn yield, or at least what's possible. Uh, spit your numbers out. I'll be curious to see what you guys think. Let's jump to Russia. Another night of attacks. Yep. Russia attacked Ukraine's Odessa region for the fourth consecutive night. The Associated Press reports this morning that two rockets hit grain facilities in Odessa. The future of Ukrainian grain shipments from the Black Sea looks bleak amid ongoing tensions. Brian, do you have any thoughts on this? Why, why did the market care the last two nights and not this morning? Is this just back and fill Friday exhaustion? Yeah, I mean, the market did a lot in a pretty short period of time. Um, you know, we, for example, looked at KC uh, uh, wheat charts a couple of days ago, and uh, it's just stuck in this trading range. And every time we get news like this, it goes to the upper end of the range like we did this week. Uh, and thus far, we continue to fail at that upper end uh, like we have so far this week. Okay, so more attacks overnight. But yesterday, I think this may have been the headline that kind of rallied the wheat market. Ukraine is now threatening ships bound for Russian ports. Any ships heading to Russian ports, according to Ukraine, are now considered military targets. The warning comes after repeated Russian attacks on Ukrainian grain storage facilities this week. Russia has said that ships bound for Ukrainian ports would be considered potential carriers of military cargo. The statement led many to believe that Russia might attack civilian ships. However, Russia insists that will not happen. The UN will meet today to discuss the humanitarian consequences of Russia's withdrawal from the black sea grain deal so russia and ukraine are essentially like threatening each other's shipments russia and ukraine are combined uh are projected uh to combine for 58 million metric tons of wheat exports this year that's 27 percent of all global export share so that's why the wheat market cares about this i just i mean are russian wheat exports actually at risk brian do you think you know, hard to say. Uh, I, I think there's been a lot of uh, rhetoric about how uh, Russia is impacting the, the food availability of the world. Um, so if they can, if they start to attack Russian ships uh, that may have grain on it, they're going to be potentially accused of the same. And then I think there's another angle too, where you have um, China recently signing a deal, a trade deal with Ukraine, and so. Uh, I tend to think that maybe that's going to keep Russia from getting too active, um, you know, if, if they're one of their trade partners and, you know, they do military exercises with China. Um, so I, I tend to think that that might keep them from uh, going overboard here. But who knows? It's a lot of talk. But if you see one Russian grain vessel attacked, that's a game changer. It's, a, it's an absolute game changer. And the U.N. and the West, I mean, they don't want that to happen because they are, are supposedly concerned about food security and and starvation and that sort of thing and, and inflation and keeping prices low. I don't know. It's, it's a wait and see. The market's going to react to 
to the headlines and there's going to be additional headlines here probably today probably over the weekend probably sunday night probably into monday uh, we did have an export sales report yesterday Yep. U.S. corn export sales declined last week. Net corn sales of 236,800 metric tons for 2022-2023 were down 49% from the previous week, but up 6% from the prior four-week average. Accumulated corn sales for the current marketing year are down 34% compared to the same period last year. Net soybean sales of 127,000 metric tons for 2022-2023 were up 58% from the previous week, but down 43% from the prior four-week average. Net wheat, net wheat sales of 170,700 metric tons for 2023-2024 were down 57% from, from the previous week. There's nothing really good here in terms of old crop business, although there's only what five weeks left in this old crop marketing year. New crop uh, corn and soybean sales were actually improved drastically. 492,000 in corn, Mexico the largest buyer there. Soybean sales 760,000, which was the best week of new crop sales that we've seen. Brian, this should be the beginning of like a uh, better new crop export business this time of year. Yeah, typically I think uh, China would come in and start to really uh, aggressively buy soybeans uh, maybe into the August, September timeframe. So it, that time of the year is coming uh, but man the, the deficit that we have right now is so large compared to what we did last year so we really need to see them uh, show up and show up big in terms of statistics the deficits for new crop look like this the new crop book of u.s corn commitments is the fourth worst of the last 10 years we're down 39 percent versus the same period last year soybeans are even worse second worst of the last 10 years for new crop commitments down 65 percent versus the same period last year a lot of this has to do with the absence of chinese buying uh we hope that they or or somebody comes back uh mackenzie we've got two cattle reports it's like christmas for you it is usda will release their monthly cattle on feed report and the mid-year cattle inventory report today so today's cattle on feed report is expected to show on feed numbers at 97.7 percent year over year Placements are forecast at 98.1% and marketings at 95.2%. The mid-year inventory report is expected to show a record low beef cow herd. The report is anticipated to show the smallest calf crop since 2014 at about 33.6 million head. Beef cow slaughter is down 11% compared to 2022. However, compared to 2021, slaughter is up 1%. And then compared to the five-year average, this year's beef cow slaughter is up 3%, which provides evidence that producers aren't confident enough uh, to start retaining bred females just yet. So overall, I mean, this confirms the idea that we're in a, a bullish tight situation. Uh, two questions uh, for you guys. So first one would be this, I guess, uh, feed demand. Uh, Brian, I'll ask you this. Is USDA too high on feed demand when it comes to new crop in particular? I think so. Um, you look at animal units on feed and it seems that way. Okay, second question. Does the cattle market have to continue to rally if this report is bullish, given that we've already gone up so far? We actually had a big, this is kind of a nasty reversal on the August mm -hmm. uh, live cattle chart yesterday. Yeah, big reversal the day before report. I think if you look at some of the other contracts like December, I'm uh, focused on that one quite a bit. But, um, you, you know, you, you have that term, buy the rumor, sell the fact for a reason. And, um, you know, with the reversal yesterday, it may just be one of those things where we've seen that before, where maybe it leads to a couple day correction, test support, and then hopefully that support holds.
Yeah, we've had reversals. I mean, we had one, what was it just last week or two weeks ago? You had one back in June, which actually did result in a correction. Uh, the feeder cattle chart, you had kind of a similar reversal yesterday, not a key reversal necessarily. Mackenzie, do you think um, attitudes among people in the cattle business are still as positive as ever, or are people starting to get nervous? I think people are starting to get nervous. Um, sure, record high prices are great, but I, they've, I mean, they've slowly climbed, but when they do come down, they're going to come down fast and they're going to come down hard. The ugly side of this is going to be much uglier than the positive side that we're experiencing cur currently. Stairs up, elevator down. That'll be the case um, eventually. Outside markets this morning, guys, U.S. dollars up just a little bit. Stocks are up. Bonds are up fractionally. Uh, crude oil up 87 cents in the uh, October WTI at 76.30. That market's been a little bit stronger. Everybody have a great weekend. Brian McKenzie, thank you for joining me this morning. We'll talk to you guys Monday. See you.